Welcome, Cybertronians, to another episode of Teletran Fun, where we're watching every episode of Transformers ever. I'm one of your hosts, Christopher Long from Long's Toys, and I'm joined, of course, by my good buddy, Rye, a.k.a. Collector Shuki. How's it going, pal? Good. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> and towards the end of the week, always a good time. Yeah, tell me about it. The only thing that keeps me going are these weekends. Right. Okay. <laughs> and the uh, looming 4th of July time off of work. <laughs> In any case, uh, today, this is the part B of episode two, where we'll be doing our reviews for the G1 episodes from season one, Transport to Oblivion, and Roll for It. But before we get into our reviews, we like to start these episodes with our um, pickups. Uh, until we come up with a cuter Transformer-themed name for the segment. So let's go ahead and start with you, buddy. What did you get Transformer-wise this week? Um, I think only two things. I, I'm trying to remember what I had last time we recorded, because that's always an issue. Fair. Uh, I, God, I, don't, I don't remember if I had them yet at that point, but I did get a Starscream from Earthrise. Nice. And did I even have Prime and Astro Train last time we recorded? I don't remember. I remember there was one time we recorded where I told you to buy them and then you like went and found them at the store the next day. Yeah, so. I don't remember which podcast that was. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I, I got Prime and Astro Train. I don't know if you knew that or not, but I did. Uh, so are you done with Wave 1 of, of uh, Earthrise now? Yes. Yes, I've got everything from uh, Wave 1. Wave one now, because uh, I was at Target getting some Pokemon cards on a buy one get one sale, and they had a sound barrier, and so I grabbed him. So that finished that off, and nice. then uh, later on, no, that was it. That was the last thing I needed from Earthrise. The other things I got were uh, Hot Lake. Because nice. the paint scheme is beautiful. <laughs> I really do love it. Uh, and the fact that it has two Target Masters is icing on the cake. <laughs> yeah, if I could ever find him, I would probably... I wonder if I could just go on, on Walmart.com. You, sh you should be able to. No, this is happening. Go ahead, continue. Uh, and then I was at a different Walmart. And... Uh, like, it was really weird. <laughs> I... <laughs> What? Sorry, give me a bunch of lists for sausages. <laughs> They're hot links. Get it? <laughs> just, a, just a bunch of sausages. <laughs> just have to con sausage. That's the repaint. Sausage link. <laughs> Kielbasa. <laughs> a whole bunch of seekers. <laughs> Not the seekers. They're the sausages. There's Kielbasa, <laughs> Knockwurst, Hot Link. Oh, I love it. All, all those going to transform now. your taste buds. <laughs> all the seekers are now just sausages. Yes. Uh, the sausagers. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I was at that other Walmart. And I wasn't expecting to find a whole lot. I figured if they have deluxes, I can get the, the reflector repaint. Uh, or what have you. And... Or, or the Mirage repaint, because I want to grab that one, too. And so I, I went there, and they had the Mirage repaint, so I picked it up. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll get this. They didn't have the reflector one. I don't know if he's short-packed or what the situation is. But 
so I had Mirage and I looked down and I saw the Ultra Magnus like spoiler pack or whatever. And I honestly didn't really have any interest in it. It's not too drastically different. Um, Why is it a spoiler pack? I don't um, it, it's a, I don't know. It's some spoiler. Also, where is the show? I don't know. It's supposed <laughs> to come out this month and we're running out of month. We're running out of June. I don't know how, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they don't have much time left. But uh, so I saw that and I was like, oh, that's cool. And so I didn't think a whole lot of it because, again, I wasn't really interested in it a whole lot because the the paint scheme isn't too different. I think it ultimately looks nicer in some areas. But uh, so I'm like, OK, like I, I kind of like really wanted the red translucent wrong because I think he looks neat. He's got little pink arms. and I think it's absurd. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I mean, the little energon cubes are really dumb, but I wanted those too. Uh, they're literally just pink cubes. <laughs> it's not that exciting, but uh, and the shelf tag said thirty five dollars. I'm like, no, that's not right. <laughs> I'm like, this is supposed to be like sixty dollars. It was just in the regular aisle. It wasn't like the clearance aisle or anything. Yeah, nope, it was just in the regular aisle. And I'm so I, like, I picked it up. I went over to the scanner and it rang, it scanned for thirty five dollars. I'm like, I don't know why this is happening, but I'm gonna get you. <laughs> And so I, I put Mirage back because I figure I'll be able to get Mirage at pretty much any point in time because Walmart is absurd with wave one of anything. Uh, and so I decided to get that and it's good. I mean, the Magnus mold is a good mold. I have a lot of fun with it. I, I do really like the the paint scheme, particularly in vehicle mode. Um, the The kind of the black wash that they did on some of the the areas it, it's not like the dirty sort of look that siege did but mm. it, it's more of kind of like a just like robotic-y metal sort of look like the paint was like gone from that area of the robot or something like that so I don't, it, it's it's done well i guess it's tasteful i suppose <laughs> i saw a video of it recently Because I wanted to see like what comes with it and whatnot, and I really I don't know I did not care for the paint job as much as I I wanted it to be I don't know what I wanted it to be but something I, else I, I wish it was completely different but like I I wish it was the powered convoy or oh, I really would yeah if it was that like red and blue or whatever they're trying to call yeah. it I don't know I don't remember but it it'd been cool if it was that but. I don't. I felt for thirty five dollars. I couldn't say no. So, are the little energon cubies? Um, they're they're small, but uh, I I wish there was more. They only give you three of them. Uh, it's not enough energon. All right, but they're they're nice little. I mean, they're just little pink cubes, exactly what they should be, I guess. But um, and then Rung is hilarious because he's got like pink arms and he's just clear red, and I don't understand it, but I love it. I didn't know he was going to be like, translucent. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, a weird choice, but can I not find this damn video now? Here it is. Sorry, I just wanted to look at it while you're talking about it, and of course, I found the video as you were done talking about it, oh, so yeah. it lined up perfectly. Um, the I think the biggest issue I have with it is the smokestacks. If you want to call them smokestacks, I don't know what they're actually supposed to be. Yeah. But 
So those being gray, I guess is a choice I don't like a whole lot. I just feel like he's just a lot of gray in general. Like they just made a lot of parts of him gray. Yeah. It's not, I don't know. It's kind of drab. But I think in the show, he's supposed to be like a, a depressed traitor or something, isn't he? I saw him like walking over to the Decepticons being sad and sassy. I mean, that just sounds like Ultra Magnus. <laughs> yeah, sassy. You can't deal with that now. <laughs> uh, so that should be it, uh, I believe. I, I mean, then next time we record, I'll probably have gotten Mirage or Mirage and the reflector repaint uh, just because every time I go out I have to walk away with something otherwise it was <laughs> when I, I went to the store last week about a week ago and I saw I think I saw Mirage but I ultimately didn't want him because I already have two of that mold that stupid translucent one I don't really care for but still holding out for Slapdash we'll see I don't really care about the purple I see it on clearance or something maybe but I'm not too concerned about it the only thing I really actually wanted was Hot Link, but when I went in the aisle, I think on that it was that end cap you talked about where it's like it was a couple Earthrise things, I think Grapple and maybe Optimus or something. And then there was a lot of the Hot Rod and Grimlock from Cyberverse build figures, which See, I already have. All of my I'm I need those still. I should probably just order them. Just go on Amazon. That's where I got them. But, I'm pretty sure they have them still. Because, like, I didn't order them yet because I'm like, oh, like, all those Walmarts are getting the end caps and stuff. I should be able to just find them. And yeah, I mean, at every both of the ones that I went to, the entire end caps were all wave one. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> I'm like, this is obnoxious. Amazon doesn't have them now. I'll find them somewhere. It's not a big deal. We do have the um, Rack and Ruin Ultra Class, though, for 20 which is a good figure, I think. I do have that. You found that already? Okay, good. It's great. And yeah. I, I didn't know they were making a giant Iaconus. Iaconus. Yes. Uh, that was going to be in my news items, but yeah, that's interesting. We will talk about, about it. We get there, <laughs> I don't know too much about it. I only saw, you know, one part of it, but... Why can't I not? I don't see Grimlock at all. For the longest time, these were always up, and now they're like not anywhere to be found. Because I need them. <laughs> probably true. I was gonna say the day after you buy them on Amazon, they'll show up at your store. Oh yeah. Here's hot, here's hot rod, but he's not in stock. Well, hot rod has significantly more paint than he has. Oh my god, so much more paint! I can't even. They don't even paint the spoiler on his back. I'm like, come on, guys, give him something. It's weird because, like, all the other figures look decent. I don't know why Hot Rod got, like, the shaft. Yeah, I really feel like they just they wanted to mold everything out of one color. There's, like, two colors or something like that. So then they, like, painted a couple spots orange. But I'm like, why don't you just mold these pieces out of yellow? Like, I feel like there would be a couple places that you could have just molded them out of yellow plastic. And then you would have had to use no paint. There would have been enough parts that you could have done in yellow that made it worth it to split the mold in half by two colors i feel like but whatever um but yeah anyway what i was saying is i think i saw one mirage on the end cap and in the aisle they just had like two or three hounds and that was it no megatron no hot link no magnus and did they have a magnus they might have had a magnus i don't remember i wasn't interested in it all i wanted is hot link is really the only one that i'm I don't get it i'll live without it but i wouldn't mind i mean i already have seven of that damn mold so 
I'm not super worried about it, but if I can find them just by, you know, get them up online easy or get them up in the store, great. Otherwise, whatever. Um, yeah. Um, is that it for your pickups? Uh, yeah, that's it for me. I don't even know if I got anything because I feel like we're in that kind of weird zone where, like, it was very exciting like a month ago. I was getting a lot of stuff, and now I'm not. I got some more Transformers gum. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a um, I haven't really gotten anything, because, I mean, for a couple movie figures, like, I got uh, Sentinel Prime and Scavenger a bit ago, but those have kind of dried up, and Earth Rise is in between waves right now, and Cyberverse, I'm just waiting for RC and, and Thunderhow. They're going to be apparently three months for some reason. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Nothing's really. I don't think there's anything else really for Cyberverse, is there? Besides the. No, I don't think so. I mean, there might be a couple. I would like to get that one step change blur because that's like the only blur so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't find that anywhere either, so... Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I know Thunder Howl and RC need to come out. And then... I don't remember if there was any Warrior Class ones that we haven't seen yet. But then we have Iaconis coming out. But other than that, I think it's pretty much on the, the tail end. Yeah. I think... This, is the show done? Um, I need to look. I believe it's done somewhere. I think Australia might have got them. But I've seen through because a while ago I was like I watched through like the end of the Quintesson arc and they had like one or two episodes into the new arc. I was like, oh, that's neat. Like they're setting up that spark shining gimmick that's going to be. And then. Like, but it seems like they cut it short. I'm hoping more are coming. And then, like, I tweeted that out. And then, like, one of the people who like works on the show is like, "Oh no, there's more coming. You know, we made more." And I was like, "Oh, cool, awesome, thanks for the reply." And then, Cartoon Network aired two more, which it felt like did a quick dump of the new characters that they're going to try and sell you, and then resolved another arc really quickly. And then, I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if that's it. Because so, I think it's like 26 episodes, so like it's a good round number or something. I can't remember exactly how many it is. I remember thinking like, they really like they set up a new arc and then immediately resolved it like within four episodes total, and that's four like 10 minute episodes total. That seemed really strangely fast to me. Um, uh, yeah, it ends on episode 26. It does okay, so then maybe it is done. It was very much like. There's four new characters you might get toys of. Okay, bye. And then I was like, oh, all right. So we'll see how that goes down. But I know there's still another wave of toys supposedly coming, those weird light-up things. Oh, yeah, we need that, like, cowboy guy, too. He was there. They showed him for, like, a second. <laughs> like He's like, hey, cowboy guy, come with me. And that was it. He didn't do anything. Like, was there in the background of a shot, and he was addressed once, and that was it. Um, Thunder Howl, they threw in real quick. Uh, felt like there were some more jets that we saw pictures of, but did not make it into the show. So I don't know. I mean, I liked the show. I thought it was fun. It just it definitely seems like it got cut short. Like they told him, "All right, look, you got to wrap it up." Because 
Because you got one or two more episodes. Like, oh, okay, we'll just wrap it up. Yeah, you guys, you guys are done. <laughs> Which is a shame, but uh, at least it at least it got to resolve in a way that you're not like, oh man, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like they resolved enough. But I kind of definitely think that the I guess this new line of the weird Sparky toys will happen, and it'll just die off. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't even show up. Like, I think we'll we'll get the rest of the build of figures. I don't think that'll be a problem. People are already somehow people are getting them early. I don't know. Yeah, Somebody got them in hand, or maybe it's in Asia or somewhere. I don't know. Um, stuff early, but I think those two will happen because I think they're already well enough into production. But I wouldn't be totally surprised if those Sparky Chest dudes don't happen. Time will tell. Um, I'm going to move into some news quick. This is mostly just throwing stuff out. Some of this stuff is old at this point, but did we talk about the hubcap? Earthrise hubcap? Um, no, we, t- we talked about it a little bit somewhere because of that listing that was at like Canadian Toys R Us or whatever. Oh, right. We have not talked about the the like prototype or whatever that was in the picture. Yeah, some pictures showed up of like two of them like, how do you like not fully put together, or I don't know what was going on in the picture. Pieces were missing, but it's just the the cliff jumper mold that made into hubcap. So it's like a bumblebee with a weird head with an orange face. But I'm here for it. I'll definitely grab one if they do it. I love all those weird bumblebee. Like I don't know if they, back in the day they were factory mess ups or how that happened or. You know, they would just take like Cliff Jumper's body and paint it a different color and throw a different head on there and sell it as something else. But I don't know. I remember there was one when I was a kid that a lot of people called Ketchup, and I don't remember if that was a real thing or not. That was a name that my friends made up for it. I really don't remember, but might have been Hubcat that they called Ketchup. I honestly can't remember. <laughs> Maybe it was because it might have been because his face was orange. You know what I mean? But like as a kid just hear a name and you're like oh that's his name because there's no internet back then i can't go look this up so yeah i don't know but there are just so many of those weird i'm honestly surprised we don't see more like bug bites and those kinds of things i would love for i know they did it with the seekers and siege i would love it if we just got like a big pack of all the weird ass bumblebee repaints like (laughs) because it wouldn't be too expensive you wouldn't think no, I mean, they're $20 toys, and they could get away with maybe not charging $20 because it's like a pack. Yeah, like do a three-pack for 50 or something like that, you know? Yeah, like yeah, I, oh, I'd i be down. One, because I just, I love, one, I love Minibots. Two, I love Bumblebee, so I like all these guys are like my favorites by adjacent. Yeah, <laughs> oh, agreed. I think they've done a pretty good job of getting the Minibots out there in the last couple, like since the, the Prime Wars trilogy. Know, with with sea spray and and cosmos and you know swerve and uh gears and beachcomber and they've all been pretty solid and i've been pretty happy with them like that legend scale is such a perfect scale for them i think because oh, yeah. it gives them enough articulation but they're not like so big that they don't fit with anybody else so i think it's kind of perfect i wouldn't be surprised if we eventually get a bumblebee as well from cliff jumper i mean i think it's only a matter yeah, I'm curious if we're gonna get Bumblebee out of Cliff Jumper if they're gonna deem him worthy of getting a new mold. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't be. I would love to see give me a new Bumblebee, or even just like you know how. Because the thing is, like the way they did the VW Bug back in the day is not what a real VW Bug looks like. 
So they just took the cliff jumper mold and just kind of rounded the edges a little bit. Yeah. You could make that into a VW bug, then do Bumblebee and then repaint it as old bug or something. Or even just go crazy and do all of the Autobots. Go for it. <laughs> I feel like there's definite little pockets that they like obviously as they've been going through the Prime Wars trilogies, they've been going through um Earthrise and Siege. They've been giving us, you know, the the guys that never made it into classics. You know what I mean? We were getting into the punch counterpunch, you're getting into the clones, you're getting into the pretenders, you know what I'm saying? So like they were getting the the Target Master Juniors. So we're getting, you know, eventually updates of I assume eventually all of you know G1 toys would eventually get some kind of update. There are definitely pockets they skipped. And I feel like the throttle bots and the Autobot Target Masters are some of these little pockets. They, the junior headmasters got skipped for whatever reason. Like they got those weird little $5 toys, but they don't count. I need real bodies for them. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, like, I don't know. For whatever reason, they need to go back and now that they have time and you know, address these, whatever line they eventually get to. But um, still need junior headmasters, is what I'm trying to get at. So, anyway. <laughs> um, I picked up on that. Else was I going to say? So yeah, we talked about Hubcap. Um, there was a listing for studio series for characters from the '86 animated movie, uh, a Grimlock with a with a wheelie, and the Sharkticon was the other one. I, I think so. I so I don't know, I don't know. what that's going to be like. I mean, well, they because to me it's like you have studio series, which is you know the Bayformer toys. And then you have generations, and now you're trying to cross the two. Do you need to? Like, I don't know. I mean, if they do a really cool Sharkticon that looks exactly like the movie. I don't think you really need to, but also, like, a G1 accurate Sharkticon that's, like, generations quality would be really cool. And, like, a G1 Grimlock that isn't trying to be a combiner would also be really cool. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, if they. Like, I didn't mind the wheelie from Titan's Return. I thought that was pretty decent. But if they do a better one, like I'm okay with it. Like you said, I would really like a nice G1 um Grimlock where his proportions aren't weird, but he's not a masterpiece, so he's cheaper. You know what I mean? Like kind of like what they did yeah. with Starscream and Earthrise. Like it's a pretty perfect Starscream, just a masterpiece, but it's cheaper, obviously. The last couple Grimlocks we've gotten, like anything that's not like, you know, like Cyberverse Grimlocks have been kind of a mess. And pro- the Power of the Primes one, like you said, it wasn't bad. But I would much rather have just like the original transformation, like, you know, the big wings on the back that go around and become the neck and then have the head hang off the back. Like, have the knees just flip up. Like, just do the regular G1 transformation. Just put more articulation in. You know what I'm saying? Like, and maybe that's what we'll get here. I don't yeah, know. Sure. I, I hope that is what we get. Cause I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm down for it. Like I said, I, I liked the power of the primes one's fine. Power of the primes one fine. It just, it isn't exactly what I want, and so yeah. this would be it. Honestly, the rest of the Dinobots I was pretty happy with. So if they just gave me a new Grimlock and I could just have the other Dinobots from Power of the Primes, because I don't really care if they merge or not, just to you know, be there with him. We'll see. I don't know. But I think 
might make sense because in Earthrise they did the Quintesson and they did that like guard. It's not a Sharktacon. Right. So if Studio Series throws this Sharktacon at you and you're like, basically this is an Earthrise toy that we just didn't have room in the Earthrise line for it, so we put it over at Studio Series and you're like, okay, I guess. Like that's a weird choice, but I I don't really care how you release them as what line. You know, it's like kind of like. Reveal the shield versus generations. Do you know what I mean? Or like yeah, um, was a weird blur between the movie line and yeah, there, the generations there was, line. There was a weird time when like generations and and gold box and reveal the shield all kind of bled into each other, and it was like they're all kind of the same line. You were get there were like two lines at the same time that were you know, basically the same thing, but it was confusing. So yeah, I don't know. Um. We'll see. We'll see what it turns out to be. I'm intrigued. Um, I would love. Oh, I was gonna say I would be interested in like a exosuit spiker Daniel. We kind of got that in in masterpiece with Bumblebee, but that I feel like that one's not that great. Maybe they could take another swipe at that. We'll see yeah. how it goes. Um. Okay. Let's see what else did I have here. Uh, the ultimate Iconis we talked about. Uh, briefly just saw pictures of a ultimate class and when i saw ultimate class at first i was thinking like commander class i'm like wait what and i don't know ultimate class is what they call the 30 dollars ones in cyberverse so it's gonna be um like that that megatron and that optimus and they do bumblebee and grimlock i think so far just those four yeah the, they, they have optimus and shockwave out right now Oh, yeah, the weird armor, the yeah. translucent armor ones. Yeah, that's right. What about those? I saw those in a Target once long ago. Or dark yeah, times. I don't have an interest in those ones, but I'll probably pick up Iaconis just because he doesn't have it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, I mean, I'd love to see you know more of what it does than it, it in a box, but I would definitely, because he's a unique character, I would be very interested in. Uh, you know, potentially, and the, the ultimate ones were pretty good, pretty good articulation and things like that. So, I was ha- generally happy with the Optimus and the Megatron. I considered getting the B, uh, but then they came out with all the like Spark armors and everything. And I was like, well, I've moved on to a new gimmick. I don't really care about this Ultimate B anymore, so I never bothered with it. Yeah, I was gonna get the Ultimate B because it was the best representation at the time, and. Then they're like, oh, here's the Spark Armor one, and then here's the Deluxe one. I'm like, I don't really need that now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Once the Build-A-Figure one came out, I was like, well, that's the that's the best one. I'm not going to bother again. I'm glad I never bothered. <coughs> Excuse me with the other one, so it worked out. Um, the Earthrise, Skywarp, and Thundercracker 2-pack have been cited at Target. So that should be happening Target near you sometime soon. Um, I can actually get this one instead of haphazardly passing on it like the other Seeker set and then <laughs> going, huh, this should be a good time to get it, but then I'm piss poor at the time and I don't get it and then it's gone and now it's expensive, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think you'd die without that one. I think I'd be more upset about these two, but we'll see how it goes. I just did that thing where I like set it to tell me when it shows up on the Target app and then I can just buy it on there. <laughs> Hopefully that'll work out. Um, we got some new packaging for Sleepy Time Prime, which I'm now seeing is being called Alternate Timeline Prime, which I, I don't know what that's about. I thought it was Alternate Universe Prime. 
whatever. What's the still bad? Yeah, I'm like he's. You just call him Zombie Prime or Dead Prime or whatever you're gonna call him. Dead ass Prime. That's <laughs> one dead ass Prime. But the thing is, the packaging looks kind of neat because it looks like when the pieces are closed, it looks like a bunch of the Transformers are riding inside Prime and like you're looking in the front window. Then, because the way I saw it, it was like one of them was open, but then the other one you could see like Hot Rod and RC like in his cab. So I don't know what that means, but it looks like the packaging opens up like he would open his chest to pull the Matrix out. Kind of cool. So when he died. Anyway, um, still don't know why it exists. I think it's weird. But yeah. Are you planning on picking this up? I haven't decided. I'm kind of leaning towards no. I'm leaning towards a solid no right now. Like... I don't need it on display. It doesn't really do anything for me as like an additional character or anything like that. It's just dead prime. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at too. I'm like, uh, it's kind of neat. I don't need it. Like, it's certainly not Nemesis Prime. It's just dead prime. It's Corpse Prime. <laughs> Corpse Prime by Tim Burton. No. Um... <laughs> oh, I need that now. <laughs> Else did we see? Oh, we saw pictures of so the little fast track Lux that's like sold separately but goes with Scorbinok. He's like his little you know, yeah. base base bot. Like all the others have been. He has a spear mode, which they showed off recently. Which I don't think we knew about. Looks pretty cool. I'm pretty psyched about that. Um what else did we see? Oh, there was a uh and first Friday about some t-shirts do you want to talk you know more about this than i do do you want to talk um, about this sort of uh they're like i got really excited because there was a fan first friday for transformers finally and then they're like here's t-shirts i'm like okay uh, <laughs> and that, that's also when they showed off the spear mode for fast track they're like oh i guess we gotta do something related to toys look he's got a spear mode i'm like okay um so that's when they showed it off during the same thing yeah yeah okay and so it is three t-shirts um that were designed by some japanese illustrators um some of them worked on video games i think some of them worked on like anime and stuff like that i'm not 100 percent sure because i'm not familiar with them um but there is one that is uh bumblebee and some samurai girl and i like that one a lot but i haven't ordered it because 25 dollars shirts are hard for me to swallow uh, even though all shirts are $25 now, but, uh, it, it looks really nice. They're all done in like, a different Japanese art styles. So, like this one has a lot of like watercolors, uh, to it, which looks really nice. Uh, there was one that was Beast Wars Megatron, uh, that was done in the Ukiye, uh, style. Yeah, I thought I saw something Beast Wars Megatron. I was like, Ooh, uh, and then that? the other one, I don't know the style off the top of my head because I instantly was turned off by it, but it was, uh. It was Prime, but it was like the early IDW Prime. Uh, the one that the like Legends class Prime was designed after. Um, and I oh, like wasn't the, a huge the fan really of it. Tiny one? Yeah. One, uh... now, let me bring it up real quick. Yeah, it was. It's by Aki Aki Bright. Sure. Oh uh, yes. Yes, Accubrite. Uh, but like, I just the the style's fine. He's got like a kabuki mask, like tattooed on his like shin, 
or thigh rather. But uh, yeah, I just I don't like that design for Prime, and it just isn't a shirt that really does anything for me. But uh, I really do like the Bumblebee one. Obviously, it's uh, from Crimson Fifteen. If you want to try to figure out who that is, um, but he he's like designed like a, a samurai, and I think that looks really cool. And then the the Beast Wars Megatron one, I also like. Um, ironically, I like the two that are white T-shirts, and I hate white T-shirts. Yeah, I don't like white T-shirts um, either. So, like, I would get both of these if they were on different colors. Um, I understand you wouldn't be able to really see the Megatron if it was on any other color but white. Why isn't the Megatron on like a light purple colored shirt? Oh, it's that, right that would be cool. You know what I'm saying? Just do like an orchid colored, you know, whatever, we're on, whatever we're on color he was on pink. the show. Yeah. We're light pink. We're on the light purple train now. Yeah, no, this is a bad shirt. <laughs> Burn it. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Like it doesn't. The I the Bumblebee understand. one could have probably easily been a different color. Not really yellow because it would get kind of lost. But hey, you need it, like I like think it light. could have worked on a, a gray or a black. Um, probably a gray. I would have been fine with a gray. Uh, always okay. I don't know. I, I like it. I'll, I'll still probably get the Bumblebee one just because it's Bumblebee. Well, but... uh, real quick, late breaking news. Oh. There's apparently an Ultra Class Thunderhow. I did not know about that. He has like the armor that flips out. Right, they all do. And he's got like a cape. He's a darker green as opposed to the the build a fig is kind of a tealish color. Mm. Looks more like a crocodile than a wolf. Will be. Oh, look, look at this next news story right above it. Are you I'm on? Tw- are you on Twitter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, I went to TFW. Um, real quick, just talking about Thunderhowl. Um, let's take a. Oh, I see what you're talking about. But <laughs> that's good. <laughs> quick look see at that. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, like, so I don't know. Like I mean, I'm, get, I'm getting, I'm getting the... the deluxe one, but I'm probably gonna have to get this one too. I, I really like the ultra class that they've been. They doing. Stepped it up. They've really stepped it up with in terms of articulation and gimmicks. Don't ruin the toys anymore, particularly with Clobber and Rack and Ruin. hundred percent. Those two are yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this one's got knee articulation and hip articulation, shoulders, wrists, elbows. This one's got the whole shebang. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll get this. I'll and this get weird this. Legion class Optimus. Yeah, no, this. Is that like an eight dollar one? No, this is a warrior class. It says Legion. In oh. the... It has a full transformation. So it says warrior class in the title. Is it? Okay. Yeah, it's got full it's transformation. Great, it's warrior class. It just looks like yeah. hot garbage. It's really not good. Thunder Hollow is great, though. So. Yeah, look at the like truck mode, how it has that big blue honking <laughs> piece from the back to the legs. Like, Look at my hands. <laughs> yeah, woof. Yeah, ultra class good warrior class no thank you warrior anyway um bad. the next thing apparently is that war for cybertron on, on netflix has been delayed we were just asking the literally the first line is when is netflix transformers uh, for cybertron airing this has been a recurrent question among <laughs> fans let's see the voice of a, the voice of alita one has said i wish i knew it was supposed to be June, but due to the quarantine, they didn't finish the foreign dubs of the show. 
They're working on those now. Netflix is requiring that all foreign dubs be completed so the show can be launched in all languages at once. So this is in the hands of Netflix and Rooster Teeth. You, um, you got it. So here's the thing about foreign dubs. I'm not concerned about that. <laughs> Give me my Transformer show. <laughs> I mean, not that I want anyone to be excluded, but I feel like I could be watching it in the meantime and while you work on them. Whatever. <laughs> We can yeah, get it and let everyone else know how awful it is. <laughs> or great it is if we're blessed with a good show. I hope it's good. Yeah, I hope it's good too. Neat. All right, well. That should be it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. You know, honestly, I the, with the red cape, he looks like King K. Rule to me. I can't unsee it now. <laughs> ah, I love it more now. I love it. You will be mine. Neat. I like how he's green and then the little image on the box is definitely blue. <laughs> I just think it's weird because like he on the show from what i can remember granted it was only one episode he was pretty much exactly the same colors that we've seen on the Fig, the deluxe so mm. where this green is coming from i'm really not <laughs> sure okay with it this is this is a thunder roar or light lightning howl or some stupid this is a different character it's his brother I don't know. I don't know. In any case, uh, I think that's it for news. Unless you have anything else you want to add? Um, I don't think so. Alrighty. Moving on then to our episode review. We will start with uh, episode four, uh, G1 season one, Transport to Oblivion. This is very much focused on the Decepticons building a space bridge to Cybertron. So that way, once they grab all the Energon cubes, they have a way to get them back to uh, Cybertron, so they make contact with Shockwave, uh, and then it's just all about building the space bridge, testing it, and you know finding a way to get the uh, Energon cubes through the space bridge. Because apparently, at first, and this really doesn't ever become a problem later on, as far as I can ever remember. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning trials, you need someone to pilot the energon across the beam of light. Otherwise it gets lost in the ether or something. Nothing's coming through when they, you know, just throw it in on its own and let it get sucked up and it doesn't show up on shockwaves end. But I feel like after this, it never comes up again. Stuff just gets sent across the space bridge all the time. It just, you know, they get, they work out the kinks because then after a while it's just business as usual with the space bridge. But um, that's basically the plot of the whole episode. Uh, Bumblebee and Spike are doing, you know, reconnaissance and they stumble across um, the Decepticons building the space bridge in like a canyon, which is really lucky because they literally drive for three minutes before they find them. Um, they they get caught in a moment where Bumblebee like transforms near the edge and then just immediately falls backwards. It's some of the worst scouting I've ever seen. <laughs> Uh, they get caught. They modified Bumblebee's uh, memory. When they send him back to the Autobots, he leads them into a trap in a cave. Um, and then 
from there, they spring the trap, they fight in the cave, they get back to the space bridge to rescue Spike, because they're about to send Spike through as the pilot. And then at the very end, Megatron gets sucked in and they think he's gone, but he makes it, he lands in, uh, in Cybertron, and then he you know, gets ready to plot his revenge with Shockwave. So that's pretty much where the... Um... <laughs> so I wrote King K. Rule and Reggie wrote King K. Wolf. <laughs> well done rich um yeah so it's a pretty i don't want to say like standard episode because it does introduce the space bridge which obviously becomes a very big running theme throughout a lot of g1 um i feel like they don't really do the space bridge that much well in season two the decepticons still use it but the autobots will kind of go back and forth on omega supreme a lot and i'm trying to think you get to season three, a lot of it just kind of takes place on Cybertron or in space in general. So I feel like they're not coming back to Earth as much. Right. Either like usually an episode either takes place all on Earth or all on Cybertron. Um, definitely for the rest of this season and, and probably at least part of season two, the Space Bridge is a pretty big, uh, I want to say reoccurring character because it's not a person, but you know what I mean? It's a... <laughs> Plot device, reoccurring object of interest, whatever you would like to call it. Um, yeah, I feel like there's not a ton to dissect as far as the episode goes, but a couple things uh, to note were on the the wiki page, and I, I love in the very beginning of the episode, there's a rock near the uh, Autobot base that looks exactly like you know a seeker with the wings and everything. <laughs> Cliff Jumper just freaks out. He's like, "Decepticons are shooting at," and I'm like, "In his defense." <laughs> really did like it's the most <laughs> ridiculously chiseled rock like it would not naturally occur like that you know one um, of those assholes had to sculpt that right really do i feel like someone was just dicking with him <laughs> it's gonna be hilarious um and i guess the other thing we should mention real quick is because this comes off of the three-parter this is kind of like the beginning of the season proper and the Decepticon ship from the end of the three-parter has crashed into the ocean and they just left it down there and kind of turned it into a base. They actually built like additional buildings underwater. Yeah, I'm really proud like of them. They, they, they learned <laughs> yeah. how to build things underwater. It was good on them. It's really weird, but uh, I don't know. So that's definitely their, their base. And I'm pretty sure they use the underground base definitely for the rest of this season. Do they still use it in season two? I'm trying to remember. I thought they did, but so, I don't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. We will know soon enough. <laughs> well, we will. Yeah, they definitely, at least for the rest of this season, they're always going in. And I always laugh because that giant metal tower coming in and out of the ocean would cause so many waves. Because it's like a, like if they can fly into it, it's got to be massive. Yeah, and it does, and it does absolutely in. nothing. Yeah, like, and I mean, you see them fly into it. Like, first of all, it seems bigger than their whole ship. So I don't know how it just, you know, goes into their ship and it's no, maybe it's part of the city they built. I don't know. But that thing coming in and out of the water would definitely cause tidal waves, like coastal cities would be destroyed, but never any mention of any of it. Um, I guess that's probably the main two, like, things that carry over from this. Otherwise, it's a pretty standard, you know, fight scene, Autobot Decepticon battle type of thing. I'm trying to see if there's any, like, we can go through the continuity. Is there anything you want to mention while I'm going through these, like, notes or whatever? Uh, I mean, not off the top of my head. It was a very kind of 
standard episode to start out with. Um, there, there wasn't anything too haphazardly crazy other than I really like when Bumblebee just transformed inside the thing and then busted through the glass. Yeah, like they're they they put the two of them inside this car, and then Bumblebee's just like, "Oh, I know," and he just transforms in the seat and just jumps out, like uses it to crash through the window. And I'm like, two things: one, how did you fit transforming in that space? You would have crushed Spike, or you would have just given him like uh, CO2 emissions, you know, because you're in that small space. And two. You could break the window with your metal arm as easy as you could drive through it. I don't really <laughs> right. feel like and like he he transforms, and I'm like, how'd you get traction to? Right, because, yeah, because he's just he transforms in the air. So like, that's what I'm saying. The, the then then of, again, this is the same robot that transformed and fell down a cliff. <laughs> that's true. He should have gone back through the seat. And, and... <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Like he transforms. You did not get enough momentum the no space to break through that window that you couldn't have just smashed it with your hand. That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to get at. But yeah, I don't know. It's funny. The other thing I love is when they reprogram him and he just keeps saying the cave, the cave, the cave. <laughs> and he's the cave, the cave, like, the cave oh, is over there. The space bridge? The cave. The cave. The space bridge is in the cave. Decepticons cave. So real quick, I'll run Go through to this. Cave. There's a... <laughs> to cave turn left you're at cave good i've arrived you at have, cave. you have arrived at your destination cave. <laughs> uh continuity note so it says episode does a fair bit to establish status quo talks about the space bridge talks about the ship um generic hard rock big band song makes its debut in this episode interesting oh i see Anytime, yeah, anytime jazz or sound wave play music, it's always that same, like, <laughs> like <laughs> I love when anytime it's like, dana, dana, you know that song. Um, sometimes casual reference to the entire city losing power might be construed by continuity hounds as meaning the traffic jam that Spike and Bumblebee run into in Central City, a city later demonstrated to be close to and having some legal jurisdiction over the land where the Autobots headquarters is located. All right. I had no idea about any of that, so that's interesting. Sure. Okay. Uh, this episode continues the trend of Cybertron being located outside the Milky Way galaxy as Shockwave refers to the space bridge as an intergalactic teleportation system. Um, Real-world references. Star Wars sound effects. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was like a library <laughs> thing, but it is true. Like, you hear... Uh, lightsaber sounds definitely um even in like as late as like the gi joe movie you still hear the lightsaber sounds and the tie fighter sounds and i'm not really sure like did they get i don't know how they got the license to use those or how that worked yeah, out i don't know i i feel like at some point these like sound effects just become like domain I guess yeah they must or be. they were originally maybe i don't know but... disney's locked that up tight by now oh, i'm sure <laughs> uh, let's see cliff jumper and gears voices can be heard among the panicked power plant workers that's always fun i mean the glitches and stuff now um <laughs> <Ed>. <laughs> 
Yes. Ed, a solar power plant worker, has his skin change color one shot to the next. Interesting. After Ironhide is shot protecting Optimus Prime, Prowl's gun is black. Uh-oh. Starscream's thighs are dark gray instead of light gray. <laughs> yeah. We talked about this. When when Bumblebee drives back to the Autobot base, he's shown standing there next to Prime already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Says Cliff Jumper is colored as Bumblebee. Hey, it's the yellow Cliff Jumper toy variant. It's ketchup. Paul comes back <laughs> full circle. Hey, look, it's uh, ketchup. Just a bunch of different things being the wrong color. I always like the really hilariously ridiculous ones. Um, laser beaks, calls, and cries are not electronically modulated. Eh, it's not really that interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I can't really see anything else that uh, Ratchet announces Bumblebee's memory banks have been altered despite not doing any work. Neo inspecting of his head. All he does is weld Bumblebee's chest for a brief second. <laughs> really his memory bank in his chest. <laughs> in the cotton, in the continuity errors. Uh, Shockwave is clearly the most loyal soldier in all of creation. He's still trying to communicate with Megatron four million years after it's he disappeared true. and clearly expects an answer. What would it take to convince Shockwave that Megatron's actually dead? How do you imagine, like, after, like, even if, like, 10,000 years go by quick for Transformers, he'd eventually just be like, well, they're dead, so I'm <laughs> going to be now in charge of Cybertron. He'd just build up his own regime. I mean, when Megatron shows back up, they'd have to fight each other or something. <laughs> Jazz is like somehow this. able to use a st stalagmite as a bat to knock back a null ray blast at Starscream. Could really have killed Bumblebee to stop for half a second to let Spike get inside instead of making him run alongside. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot to mention how Spike could keep up with Bumblebee's driving. True. I'm not really quite sure how that happened. Got a Barry Allen on our hands. Nice. Now we get into the trivia section. In an unusual directorial choice, the second and third acts of this episode lack most of the usual flip symbol scene transitions, instead using a Star Wars-like transition effect, like the wipes. I did. I think I mentioned that during the commentary, because I'm like, why are there so many wipes? Because like, it did feel out of place. Like, they don't usually they, do that. They lost the scene transition when they were doing this episode, so they're like, I oh, guess it, gotta so. be it, got, it got sucked into the space bridge, and no one was there to guide it, so it yeah. took them a while to get it back. <laughs> It's like all the rocks. There's not too much else to dive into here, but like I said, the uh... <laughs> seriously, Cliff Jumper charges Megatron and punches him in the junk. <laughs> that takes bearings <laughs> of chrome steel. Hey, the gonads. <laughs> Love the little captions. Again, shout out to whoever writes the captions on these pictures off to the side because it's well done. Uh... <laughs> Gotta hand it to Cliff Jumper. Yeah, he really just charges him right in the clutch. For always he just has yeah. yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a fine episode, and like I said, it definitely establishes the Space Bridge, which is going to come into a play later on, so 
I feel like it's important, but also like if you miss it, you wouldn't be totally lost. But right. it's a fine, it's a fine episode. I don't think there's any problem with it. They're just funny things to laugh about. But you know, in all, I would say, you know, is is it one of the best episodes of the season? No, but it's a perfectly fine episode that it's not like you'd be bored watching it i don't really think there's many episodes that i'm like super bored like when i do rewatches i probably wouldn't watch it i'd probably skip over just to you know rush to dinobots or something like that because obviously they're more fun episodes but i think there's definite takeaways and especially as a kid probably back in the day watching it for the first time coming off the three-parter it was probably pretty exciting Do you have anything else you want to add before we move on to roll for it? Um, nope. I'm just going to let you ro- roll away with this one. <laughs> just roll on into the next episode. Mm. So episode five, uh, roll for it. Um, apparently there is some super secret formula. I think it has a name and I can't remember what it is, but uh, some, some scientist creates this oh, antimatter formula. I think it is, you know, they always have these like stereotypical, science fiction trope names you know antimatter um so there's antimatter formula this guy creates the decepticons go to steal it and for whatever reason this scientist and this like top secret government agency in this big like high security building is just friends with these random high school students i don't like okay he's really smart but i still think it's weird to just be like oh i'd like to get this high school guys uh uh you know, consultation on my antimatter formula, like, okay, whatever. So Spike and Chip and Bumblebee go to meet this scientist. The Decepticons attack, or I think they go to meet him and then they leave. The Decepticons attack and then the scientist downloads the formula to to Chip's home where he puts it on like an old-timey five-inch floppy disk, which is awesome. And And Megatron does this thing where he like touches the computer with his hand and it like glows purple around it. And he's able to tell that it was downloaded to an outside computer. They're doing that thing again where they haven't really figured out what powers they have. So they can have these weird gadgets and weapons and these abilities that they'll never have again. (laughs) They go to Chip's house and they kidnap him. It's really funny. Like they, I think Ravage breaks in and grabs him and then he like jumped through the air and then they land inside. He drops him inside Starscream in jet mode and he flies him off. It's kind of a funny sequence. Um, and then they, you know, Chip won't tell him. So Soundwave like puts his hands on his head and somehow reads it out of his mind again. Yeah, I don't know where. I don't, where, I don't understand this at all. From. Yeah. Soundwave is just like, up. yes, it is in his mind. I have it now. Yeah, they're just like, yeah, I read his mind. And you're like, what? Oh, all right. So they get it. They start making it. And then Megatron tries to use some to fight the Autobots, but it proves unstable. So he has to, like, throw it out of his body before it explodes. Um, also, there's a there's a part, I think, earlier on where the Autobots fight the Decepticons while they're trying to steal the formula. And Prowl and Blue Streak go after the Seekers on, after the battle. And they fight them in this, like, plane hangar because the Decepticons are trying to get pieces to do repairs, which again is something that never comes up, you know, later on in the series, cannibalizing like earth mechanics to repair themselves. Um, But 
Prowl gets damaged and he has to contact an outside computer and he ends up contacting Chip and then Chip basically plays Prowl like a video game to fight the Decepticons, which is weird. Um, <laughs> I feel like no matter how damaged your battle computer is, having a kid over far away use a joystick to move your body can't possibly be more coordinated than moving your own body i just i don't understand how that works but whatever i'm going with it no no i can't move chip you gotta do it for me like i don't i don't get it but whatever um the other thing is i feel like the introduction of chip is a little weird. Like he just spike just knows him. He's just there all of a sudden and they're going to visit the scientist. I think it would have been a neater idea to do the scene with prowl reaching out to a random computer that happens to be chip. Do that in a previous mm-hmm. episode. Oh, yeah. Have them meet him that way and have him go to meet the scientist because he's already proven himself as a capable, intelligent person. And I feel like that would have been a little bit more credible to introduce the character that way. And then in a future episode, have him go meet the scientist, get the antimatter, and then you can play out the rest of the episode the way you do. I just feel like cramming all that into one episode seemed weird. Or at least if you're going to cram it all into one episode, have the sequence with Prowl happen early, a pre- just have him start off battling wherever, then do that scene, then have him go meet the scientist and play it out from there. The way they do it, it like, interweaves the two and it's just weird like coincidentally he meets prowl and is the subject of this antimatter thing all in the same day like that just seems weird to me i just feel like it could have been handled a little bit more smoothly yeah it definitely could have i'm all for introducing chip as a character you know i'm fine with him and honestly i think after season one he never shows up again i don't think he's in season two at all um but he's you know he's a fine character i just feel like it was a weird way to go about it but other than that i don't think there's too much else to jump into plot wise um like i said eventually they don't really beat them as far as the antimatter formula they just get lucky in the fact that it's unstable and they have to abandon it um because otherwise i think at one point the autobots literally are just like well we lost this one and they just leave like i think they just leave the decepticons at the lab to just make they the do. antimatter formula and i'm like hey guys what are you doing? Like, oh, we just didn't win this one, so we'll just let them have this power, and hopefully we'll stop them later. And I'm like, <laughs> hopefully no. we'll stop them later. They're still in there. Like, yeah. I thought it was like they stole the formula and they left, and they're like, all right, well, damn, you know, we tried our best, but we couldn't stop them. Now we're going to leave. Like, that would make sense to me. But they're still in there, and you just give up and you leave. <laughs> like, no, no, get in there and stop them. So I thought that was really weird. That was very out of character for them, I thought, and I thought it was weird just in general for them to just give up like almost in the middle of the fight and just go, ah, we'll we'll get it next time. So I don't know that there's just a lot of weird things in this episode. Again, not one of my favorites, not a terrible episode, but definitely some things that don't sit right with me that I would definitely change, you know, if I was going to go back and, and like with the last episode, I felt like it was fine. This one definitely has some things that don't sit right with me. That makes sense. Yeah, everything's uh, just handled really weird. Yeah. So, uh, do we? We'll go down. Do you want to read off some of these? Like, 
animation glitches or wow there's a lot oh wow yeah i, I told you when we, when we got done watching it oh boy it's it's a lot i mean right, mo well, you, most of these what to pick out some of your favorites <laughs> like yeah this is something i should have did before we hit the record button fair enough well uh, to the magic of editing you can just take this there out later yeah that's a lot of work but <laughs> Uh, I mean, the coloring errors list is huge, but coloring errors aren't usually that. That's not that, that funny. Uh, I like I do remember in in the commentary we were, we were making fun of the way that like the animation in this episode was fucking awful. Yeah, this was definitely. I remember while we watched it, we talked about like like their nose cones were like drooping down, really weird. Nose cones. That was weird. They had really flaccid nose cones. Um. Yeah, like a lot of these are. <laughs> a lot of these are really just trivial animation errors and coloring errors. I mean, they usually always are. But the security access door code is two nine five when the security guard punches it in, and four seven two when reflector punches it in. <laughs> I also like the caption on the side. It shows the keypad, and it's just the calculator. <laughs> yeah, it is true. Please enter the square root of 685. even has the clear button, percent, and plus, <laughs> minus. I never realized that. It is weird. I also like when Chip just broke the floppy disk with his hands. I mean, you really could, though. Those old floppy disks were not incredibly stable. doesn't move as he says welcome back when we see chip's room through the window he has a college pennant that reads usc an odd choice for chip later his room has two different college pennants one with the letters c s u n and another with y a l likely yale with the e obscured by the sun pendant there's also a pennant with p erse meaning either pierce college in washington state or los angeles pierce college he's got a lot of colleges Chips. chips I like the character. He's graduated how many times now? <laughs> I imagine he doesn't look old enough to have gone to any colleges, but whatever. Right? Uh, doo -doo -doo. Megatron is missing two polygons on either side of his chest. Interesting. Starscream is missing his wing insignia as he fires Megatron and rants about how invincible he is. <laughs> New Year's. The antimatter that the Decepticons create <laughs> can't really be that. anything of the sort. If it was, the entire laboratory, not to mention Megatron himself, would have been obliterated instantly. An animator doesn't actually have an ignition temperature. Certainly, the shots that Megatron fires can't be antimatter, as it would completely annihilate anything it hit, including his fusion cannon the second it was fired. <laughs> That's what I was saying. They just have that stockpile of like, you know, sci-fi words that they don't really know what it means. 
Laser Beak's attack makes no sense. At this point, Spike, Bumblebee, and Chip have nothing to do, nothing of value to the Decepticons, and attacking them, as Megatron points out, merely serves to tip off the Autobots to the Decepticons' interest in the lab. This is true. Chip's keyboard-based control of Prowl's elaborate movement seems highly improbable. <laughs> Thank you! <laughs> also, dropping their disguises before they enter the lab doesn't seem very clever on Mirage Round's part. I also commented on that. I like how the the pendants made it into the continuity errors too, just because Chip wouldn't go there. Yeah. Bots, which again hasn't really been. While Chip tries desperately to contact Doctor Alcazar via his computer, he never tries with the piece of equipment right next to his computer, his telephone. <laughs> <laughs> and again. Prior to the spread of the internet in the 1990s, an average American home would only have one phone line, and it could be presumed that if his computer is connected to Dr. Alcazar's computer, then the phone line would be in use by the computer to communicate with it. For that matter, no phone was seen in Dr. Alcazar's lab. (laughs) (laughs) Superhuman Chip. When the Decepticons visit Chip's home to steal the antimatter formula, Chip memorizes the code and rips the floppy disk apart with his bare hands. If that doesn't seem like a tremendous feat of strength, try doing it yourself if you can find one. Chip must have absolutely (laughs) tremendous upper body strength. I mean... like you said, like the old floppy disks were actually like floppy. I just don't know how rippable they are. Yeah, I mean, like they said, it's not impossible, but it does take. Like, I think it's easier than like ripping a phone book in half, but like not like ripping a piece of paper. So, if that's any kind of indication, Ravage uses Chip as a battering ram to bash out an entire window of his house. Chip survives with not so much as a scratch. <laughs> Yeah, I like this bit about Mirage. If Mirage leaves footprints as he walks toward the lab, shouldn't Hound also be leaving footprints? Mirage, of course, is the only Transformer who ever leaves footprints at only when he's invisible. That's true. So that you can see him moving. <laughs> Gadgets like and the, powers. Like this, Megatron orders the Jets to meet him in 5 billion astroseconds, time enough for them to replace some parts and have a short battle. Last episode, a mere 6,000 astroseconds was an intolerably long wait for the space bridge to reopen <laughs> and time enough for a whole series of side adventures. Next episode, the space bridge will materialize within 72 billion astroseconds, seeming to imply that this is not long a time. <laughs> Again, those weird sci-fi words. Yeah, exactly. Chip's phone number is 94-7244. <laughs> Strangely, he doesn't answer when you call him. That's so dumb. All right, we got some <laughs> trivia. In several scenes in this episode, all the Transformers are drawn using different, more stylized animation models. In particular, Decepticon Jets are seen in the beginning are sleeker, more detailed, and have drooping nose cones similar to Cybertron Thundercrackers. Okay. Other scenes have stylized shading angles. Yeah, because remember, like at the end when they show like yeah. Megatron flying with his arms up, because I mentioned a couple times it looks weird. I guess well, they I were trying this episode too. Yeah, I don't know. I guess they were trying out some new stuff. It didn't work. Yeah. 
In one part, Starscream calls Megatron the antimatter gun instead of his own name. Why? <laughs> so yeah, again, not an amazing episode, but we do get introduced to Chip, who will show up later on uh, in future episodes. But uh, otherwise, you know, just kind of a run-of-the-mill Decepticons after MacGuffin Autobots try to get it back unsuccessfully. Fight, fight, fight. And then, like I said, they really just get lucky because the thing just explodes. They didn't really stop them at all. Think about it. So it's kind of like an Indiana Jones situation where they didn't really need to exist in this episode. (laughs) The Decepticons would have stolen the formula anyway. They would have gotten the thing. It would have exploded on its own. The Autobots really didn't do anything this go-around, to be honest with you. You are correct. Right out. (laughs) Yeah, that's rule for it. Um, Yep. Uh, All right, well, do you have anything else to add before we wrap this up? Uh, It was the thing that we watched. It was. yeah, I mean, there are, there are definitely a couple episodes this season that, like I said, they're not bad, but they're not the exciting ones. You know, like you have the three-parter, which is always a good time. Then you have these kind of like fillery episodes. I mean, they do introduce some characters, introduce some important plot points, but overall, not incredibly groundbreaking. But then we're going to start getting into some stuff like some Skyfire episodes, some uh, Dinobot episodes. We'll have Devastator coming at the end of the season, so... Just kind of had to slog through these couple, and then it should start getting exciting pretty quick. I'm I'm getting excited for the episodes coming up soon. Oh yeah. So that's gonna do it for episode two B of Teletran Fun. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, Shuk, why don't you tell everyone real quick where they can follow you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at Collector Shuki on Twitter, and that's it because I still don't understand anything else. That's fair. <laughs> Um, you can find me on Twitter at clong83. Um, there's a link to my Discord on in my description of my Twitter. Uh, I have Twitch.tv/longstoys, which I use sometimes. I'm trying to use it a little bit more. Um, I found a really low rent way to stream my Switch, <laughs> which is just pointing my phone at it while I play it. But it seems to be working kind of okay. I'm gonna experiment with that more. Um, obviously my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash longstoys. Um, and then Instagram and Facebook at longstoys. So that's all for that. Obviously the podcast, if you'd like to follow us is at Teletran fun on Twitter with two A's. So Teletran with two A's at Teletran fun. Um, if you'd like to send us an email, it is Teletran fun pod at gmail.com. Uh, I was able to get into that, so we can actually access that email again. So fantastic. Send us emails. <laughs> we'll start reading them on the show. Um, otherwise, yeah, I think that's going to do it for the episode. So hope everyone enjoyed our review. And we'll be back next time with um, commentary and review on, I want to say, Fire in the Sky and SOS Dinobots. Do we decide we're doing two or three next time? I don't remember. <laughs> Fair enough. So it'll be at least Fire in the Sky and SOS Dinobots, I believe. Maybe Fire on the Mountain as well. We'll see. But in any case, until next time, Autobots, transform, and roll out.